Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Precision. Uh, we turned the ball over. You know, uh, simple mistakes. Stuff that we can control. I think you look at what we did at the beginning of the year, how we took care and shared the ball, and then what we're doing the past six games is it's not who we are. And, um, you know, there's not really much coach can say. It's really just on us in the locker room uh, to figure it out. Donovan Mitchell, after the Utah Jazz get blown out by the Lakers. PK, this one got away in the first quarter, and it was really never in doubt. Chance of... Let's go, Lakers, ringing out through the arena. And the Laker bench just annihilating the Jazz. I thought it was one of the more embarrassing losses that they've had in a long time because you had Dwight Howard with no shoes on coming out on the floor. They're just laughing at them in the second half. Yeah, and the Jazz never made a run. You knew by the middle of the second quarter, uh-oh, this one's pretty much in trouble. And, yeah, and I, I was at home watching the uh, college game then, of course, uh, flicking over to the NBA game. And then the NBA game, well, it ended about by the time Utah State came on, so there wasn't much of an overlap there. But there was nothing going on. And, man, it's one thing to lose, but they've been getting smoked lately. Dwight Howard was plus 19 in 19 minutes. That, I mean, that just can't happen. Caruso is plus 14. LeBron, after the game, is looking at the stat sheet, and he's saying, yeah, our bench won the game for us. Kyle and uh, Rondo are plus 25. You're like, good grief. I mean, there was just no resistance. There was no pushback. There was no, they just, they just took it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a difference between your mother and my mother. You go good grief. I said something just a little bit stronger. Yeah, I know, but it's on the radio, so you can't say anything stronger. Yeah, but, I mean, if people knew you, I mean, good grief yeah, is about could. as strong as you get. Well, there have been some breaks. <laughs> this commercial breaks gets pretty randy in there. All right, Jazz now uh, off for a couple days, and they're back at it Saturday against Memphis. The schedule is lightening up here. They got to play better. They can't be blowing these games, and it's uh, it's been a bad enough stretch as it is now. That's a uh, 120 points or more that they've conceded in five of the last seven games. You can't be giving up points like that. I mean, that is just there's a stretch there in the second half. It was just one backdoor layup after another. It's literally a layup drill. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Dallas Mavericks do it again. Luka Doncic, a more a more reasonable twenty-two points, not a uh, <laughs> out of this world spectacular. Just a rock solid. Yeah, twenty-two. What about it? No big yeah, deal. Really. <laughs> Mavericks beat the Timberwolves one twenty-one to one fourteen. <laughs> uh, the Warriors are coming in here pretty soon. They just keep getting drilled. They lost to Charlotte by fifteen. What do you think for the Warriors this year? Is it like ten wins? Is it fifteen wins? Well, I think it would be kind of cool just a couple years after setting the record for most wins to follow it up with the least amount of uh, wins and are the most losses, however you want to look at it. The worst record ever. Yeah, so you'd have the best record ever and the worst at this point. Why not? (laughs) Go for the gusto. Yeah. That's the thing I don't understand about the Jazz because in prior, most recent prior years when they've had good ball clubs, they'd always play the Warriors tough. And the Warriors would acknowledge that. Kevin Durant acknowledged that on multiple occasions, right? And here, 
they're just getting slaughtered, and the Lakers obviously just creaming them. Yeah. It's something that, you know, losing is losing. I get it, ultimately, 1 point, 10 points, 20 points, it's still the same on the record, but the competitive spirit against the Warriors, when the Warriors were really, really good, and you can argue they were an all-time team, the Jazz would play them tough, and here now, the Lakers 19-3, and so, you know, they're very good, obviously, and they didn't play them tough at all. I don't understand it. Memphis Grizzlies lost again. They'll be here Saturday night. They got beat by the Bulls, 106-99. No John Moran. He's got uh, back spasm, so we'll see how long he's going to be out for. But didn't play last night and not expecting him to play this weekend. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. I thought the officials were amazing. That's probably the best crew that's ever set foot on the planet. And I'll tell you this, a really brave and courageous crew. I mean, that crew, I would take them every single game. They're amazing. Laying it on thick. Mark Pope with some serious sarcasm. (laughs) That was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) If you're going to talk about the officiating, that's how you want it talked about. Yeah, when you think about it, right? Uh, I don't know who can reprimand you in a non-conference game. I mean, they do it in the conference games, right? And so it's not one umbrella like it is in the NBA with one league. So who would reprimand you you in a conference game or non-conference game? I don't know how that would be done. But the way he said that, I mean, he clearly got his point across. And it was funny. I mean, the the best crew ever on the planet. I mean, that's high, high praise. Yeah. Free throws were 31 to 17 in favor of the Utes. Now, Utes 31. That, that number got pushed up by the fact BYU had to foul there at the end of overtime. But still, there were some touch fouls there, and you can see the bench just not pleased well, yeah, at all. It's not so much the three free throw disparity, and that often happens when you go out on the road. It was there, Hawes so fouling. It was Hawes fouling yeah. out. Yeah, I mean, you're, so you already got Yoli who comes in and just looked like he was on another level than everybody else when he played. Yeah. And then he cramps up, so he's out. And then you got Hawes out. And, and the thing Nixon. we talked about with BYU this year is the amount of seniors. And then Nixon fouled out. So you got three guys, one through injury, and the other two seniors who can't play, two of whom fouled out. And then, you know, once it got to overtime, Obviously, the the Cougars were in no position to win the ball game because uh, some of their better players were sitting on the bench. And the thing that really bugged me, though, is they're up three. And Jones is a nice kid, Jonesy Jr., you know, because I've known him. We've all known his dad for many, many years. He he was actually on the team my first year on the beat in 1993. And and I've always loved Chris Jones, so I'm happy for him and his kid uh, to be able to make that shot. But you're up three. How in the world does one of their three-point shooters get so wide open with less than a minute to go? It, it, I can't understand it, man. You should have been on him like white on rice. I mean, you shouldn't have had him within uh, six inches removed from you because he's one of the guys who can drain a three, and that's exactly what they needed. So that one possession really got under my skin from the Cougar perspective. That's and the Utes kept battling, so good for them. That's one of the uh, Rick Majerus quotes. It's always been one of your go-to. you got to know time and score. you got to know time and score. And you're getting down there, you know, there's only a couple possessions left in the game tops, and it's a three-point game. Yeah. The only child's had 29 before he left the game, 29 points in 25 minutes. He was just crushing it, shooting 75%, hitting all three of his threes. And I was uh, talking with Gordy Chiesa, who did the post game with uh, pre-half and post last night with Jake. And I'm like, uh, what, what do NBA people think of Yoli? And he's like... 
you choose the three like that, he's going to be a late second-round guy. There's a lot of guys with similar skill sets who, you know, can go in those last 15 picks, but it's saying that you're going to separate yourself if you do that. And, of course, you know, we saw with Kuzma, you got all year to really turn the way somebody thinks he is and maybe even do better than that. But right. that was a heck of a performance by Yoli while he was in there. He was, he was on fire. You mentioned Utah State. That was closed for a half, and then they uh, they opened it up and won comfortably in San Jose. They are now eight and one after beating San Jose State, seventy-one to fifty-nine. DJ and PK. Hashtag College Football. Even the USC Trojans don't want to write twenty million dollars worth of checks. PK. They're going to bring the coaching staff, well, at least the head coach back. We'll see how many changes they make the coaching staff. There are bound to be some, and maybe there'll be a lot. But Clay Helton's coming back for a fifth season in 2020. USC Athletic Director Mike Bone making that announcement. And you don't, you don't always see this much over somebody returning, but it's, it's USC, so I guess they can't help themselves. Well, I think the president really wanted Helton to come back. Uh, so she is going to have a lot of say, obviously, in that situation there. And when you look at it, yeah, they did have a large buyout, and that obviously gets reduced as time goes on. Uh, I've heard their offense coordinator uh, being potentially for Vegas job, Harold. So who knows who's going to come back there? But when when you think about it, though, you, you know, I, I know they're USC, so it's ridiculous to compare them to anybody. They compare to you. You don't compare to them. Yeah. I mean, that's just the way it works. But look at it in football terms. Not outrageous USC football terms, but just football terms, right? Kyle has two losing seasons in a row. And he goes, what do they want, eight and, four, eight and five that first year? In the pac yeah. And then they go five and seven, five and seven, right? And so his job's on the line, and then he responds with a 10-win season, and that was 2014. And since then, they've won 9-10 this year, 11, except for the one season a couple years ago when they needed to reload a little bit at seven and six. So you could argue last year, the Trojans, after losing Darnold early to the draft, they needed to reload a little bit last year. Not this most recent season, the ones that just finished, but the uh, 2018. And they weren't very good in 2018, but they were playing with a freshman quarterback who got injured himself a bunch of times. And so then this year they respond, eight and four. I mean, it's not USC level, but eight and four with another freshman quarterback, basically. That's not bad. And you can make a, we can make a case, but once you throw the... What, what my point is, you can make a case for just about any other team in the nation... But once you put SC in front of it, all of a sudden, oh, he's got to go. You see what I'm saying there? I do. The the um, the leash is shorter at some schools than others, but there are a handful of schools where it is very short. And SC, they want they want Pete Carroll back. They want, if not Pete himself, they want that record back, and they think that's who they are. Well, that's who they are in their uptimes, and if you look at their history, they have those uptimes way more often than everybody else. But their fan base wants it all the time. They did not get nicknamed the University of Spoiled Children for nothing. And, you know, the banging on the trash can lids to get rid of Clay Helton is it just reinforces that nickname. And you lived in L.A. for a long time. You heard that a million times. I was in Santa Barbara. I heard that a million times. And Moosin and Boosters go to town, and the way they talk about him is why they get that nickname and why they keep it. 
Yeah, I think a lot of it because of the spoiled children is because it was Southern California. So, and the S is spoiled and the C would be children. So that I think that's a lot of it why it goes. So if it would have been, you know, Southern California state, it wouldn't have flowed as easily. You see it would what I'm have been there? spoiled children state. Yes, I get the letters work. <laughs> but it needs the attitude, too. I'll bet South Carolina, which uses USC, which always confuses me whenever I hear that, and people are talking about South Carolina, totally confuses me. I bet, they don't, I bet they're not dealing with that. Colorado State's got an opening. You mentioned this a couple days ago, PK, and Mike Bobo is out there. So there are jobs open all over the Mountain West. CSU, New Mexico, UNLV, it's a quarter of the league. You're a really good yeah. big sky coach. Somebody must be calling, I would think. Uh, yeah, and that could, because that's the logical, and you might be referencing Jay yeah. Hill without saying his name there, but the way it typically works in this business is there is a pecking order, and Mountain West clearly is acceptable for big sky. I don't know that Pac-12 is from, you go from head coach from big sky to Pac-12. Well, Washington State tried it. didn't work very well. So there is that order there. So you would think that uh, those those guys, uh, big sky head coaches who've had success, which, heck, uh, what's his face, Troy Taylor, he did a phenomenal job in just one season at uh, Sac, State. Uh, Sac State, right? Yep. And Jay Hill has just been incredible. I mean, he's just been great. And then also you'd have to look at some coordinators, too, around uh, whatever conference you might be in, not necessarily Big Sky, but certainly Pac-12, and, and maybe to an extent even uh, Mountain West. So those typically are the candidates. And if, if I were them, and they can take my advice for what it's worth, which is nothing, is try to find somebody who has some connection to the recruiting base, which has got to be in the West. I, I just don't see where Colorado State is recruiting nationally. You know what <laughs> I mean? Yeah, I do. <laughs> DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. I was surprised. If anything, I thought it would happen at the end of the season, to be honest with you. You know, I, I know you talked about doing some things differently, and I get that. That's part of the, 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 the business of owning a football team. And at the end of the day, you know, when you lose football games, when, when you, you have a chance to win them, that's a tough pill to swallow. That's Ron Rivera. He is out in Carolina, and, and we talk all the time. And you know, the thing you got to say in this situation is the owner who hired him is gone now. And they've had the ownership change, so he's not really the owner's guy. So that's a factor. But the, if you have a pretty good run and you go to the playoffs three times in four years or four times in five, and then you have a bunch of injuries, is changing the head coach really a good idea? Look at how the Steelers have done it for a long time. Look at what the Ravens have done. You know, if you have an issue with the personnel and the talent level of the team, I get you can hold the coach accountable, but it seems kind of like a fake tough guy thing to do. Now, maybe the owner wants his own guy, and they'll go hire somebody who'll have a great 20-year run. But it's like that's the, – the Panthers haven't been great, and they've had a pretty good run under Ron Rivera. That seemed like a quick trigger to me. Uh, quick? I don't know that I'd use the word quick. You can maybe uh, say unfair. But how long has he been there again? Uh, eight or nine years. Yeah. So when you look at it from that perspective, to me, it's not necessarily quick. But that's just the nature of pro sports. It just hired like, to yeah, be fired. Just come and go. Yeah. 
Niners suspended their radio analyst Tim Ryan on Wednesday. He was on a Bay Area radio station and said the Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson's dark skin helps him disguise a dark football when running fake handoffs in Baltimore's zone-read-heavy offense. He will not be on the broadcast for the Saints game on Sunday. I'd never heard of that one before. I don't think you're going to be hearing about it again either. Well, yeah, and he also threw dark uniform, and the, the, day, the game was played in a, a at least a, a mist, if not rain, the whole time. Oh, yeah. So it seemed dark. I mean, deception for that. That was, that was an unusual one. I was thinking about that. Should should pitchers? Well, they have that in, in sometimes in baseball. They make them take off stuff. You know what I mean? Oh, for uh, contrast? I mean, they have the whole batter's eye for contrast. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. they do. And so I was trying to think, was, was there any validity to that whatsoever? Uh, what if the, I, I can, the only thing I can come up with, no, it was Lamar Jackson's greatness. <laughs> didn't necessarily have a huge game, but if you would have made the football orange or purple or pink or what have you, would that have changed anything? In my mind, no. It's Lamar Jackson is emerging as a potential superstar. Now in the NFL, we've seen guys do it, uh, but the great, the great ones. I mean, they do it year after year, right? So you know, you talk about how they adjust to the adjustments and also all that stuff. So right now, certainly, man, Lamar Jackson looks like he is just going to be a brilliant player. And 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 to me, that's it. I don't know if we're going to relate. I can relate this to. I'm not, not talking about the comment on the, the radio analyst. I'm, I'm off that now. I'm talking about Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is bursting on the scene, right? And it's fun to watch. He's, he's, he's new blood, so to speak. And I find that interesting. And I relate it to Feinbaum's comments the day before and then yesterday about, oh, nobody wants to see Utah. Well, why not? And give, me, give me a reason why. Because that's like saying, well, man, I want to see Breeze and Brady in the Super Bowl again. No. I mean, if if they get there and they earn it, fine, so be it. But if Lamar Jackson brings his Ravens to the Super Bowl, that's fresh. That's a new story. That's something that me as a sports fan is going to be very much entertained by and interested in following. And I've related to Utah on the same thing. If they earn the right to be there, that's fresh. That's new. Why put in... Just because there's popularity there, put in Oklahoma, who we've seen get in there and lose all the time, right? Why wouldn't we want something new as long as it's earned? And that's the way I look at Lamar Jackson. You know, I'm rooting for the guy because it's something new. It's a different story. I've seen the other story before. I like to see new stories. So as I was thinking about Feinbaum's comments yesterday, they become even more ridiculous this morning than they were at this time yesterday. So it comes down to, do you want to see the next big thing? Do you want to see Cinderella? Or you want to see, well, you can't see, I mean, Peyton's retired now, but it's like, it's Manning and it's Brady in the AFC title game again. And some people do like it. I mean, the Manning-Brady thing, they got huge ratings. And they went at it again and again, year after year. But how many people like, because Jared Goff, he was the new guy last year, right? And they had their run to the Super Bowl. And now... It, it, maybe it's the Ravens, and maybe they're going to have their run. And then, will they sustain or not? Patrick Mahomes was the new guy last year. Now, they've had injuries and all kinds of... He's been injured, too, in Kansas City. It's right. you know, not been a smooth ride there. Um, no, but can my you point get is there I'm and fine can you, either way. Yeah. Can you get there, and then can you stay there? Yeah. 
And can you stay there? Sure. And then we'll see if Lamar Jackson and right. Mahomes, what they do in the coming years. We know Manning and Brady, the answer to that is yes, yes. And Rodgers, too, maybe a lesser you know, extent, but still yes. The comparison, really, uh, for the Feinbaum comments could be, in the NFL quarterbacks uh, could be, you know, you could be answering it on the treadmill every time you listen to Phoenix Radio. Do you want to hear about Kyler Murray or not? Is he the next big thing? Is he overhyped? You know, is he just a year away from doing what Goff did last year? and uh, doing what Lamar Jackson is doing this year and doing what Patrick Mahomes did last year? Or he's never going to get there. And it's just, it, that only matters in Arizona and nobody in Michigan or Florida cares whether Kyler Murray blows up or not. No, but if he does, we all will. And I, I find that very fascinating to follow. So Utah's... Uh, inclusion in this story to me is fresh and it's worth following NFL football tonight a couple of six and six teams the Cowboys leading the NFC East by a game over Philadelphia uh, will play the Bears tonight who are six and six and three games adrift in the NFC North so not much not much of a path to the playoffs for them they're, they're two games out of a wild card also That's the Thursday Night Football game. It's on Fox, the NFL Network, and you can listen to it right here on the Zone Sports Network. All right, DJ and PK, Krug Bolajak's coming up at 8 o'clock. We'll ask him, what's wrong with the Jazz? How long will it stay wrong? How long will it be until it's right? And we got an open segment next, so the rest of you can hop on board. Uh, The question's been up on Facebook all night. Little reaction to that, PK. The Jazz get blown out again. What is wrong? People have their theories. We will get to that next, DJ and PK. Headlines are brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Shamrock Plumbing, bringing you what is trending here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Coach Jay Hill, I know you have your focus dialed in on your team. Right now, Utah gets set to face Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. With what that team's accomplished and what's happened there with Utah football, were there times when you were there, could you sense that something like this would be possible? Oh, yeah. yeah I, I remember Coach Witt saying at one time, we can, we can win a national championship here now. We're in the Pac-12. We can recruit the way we want. We can win a national championship here. And, you know, obviously, with the coaching that they have, they have an opportunity to do that, you knew they were only going to get better with the recruiting that they can do there and the caliber coaching that they have. They were only going to get better and better. So it's exciting to watch it come to a head and I can't wait to watch them in this deal. Tony Parks and Austin Horton weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Bounce pass by Ingles to Gobert, knocked away and stolen. Fast break, here comes LeBron, lobbing to McGee, who lays it up and in. LeBron wanted to lob to Anthony Davis as the second man through, and they couldn't figure out how to get it done. But he was, LeBron's got 12 assists, Lakers diamond as Joe Ingles passes, deflected by Howard, and then he gets it stolen from behind by Rondo. Rondo picks it up, leaves it behind. LeBron from the sky! Oh my! The Utah Jazz get beat by the Lakers, and the beating started early, and it was pretty thorough. And there was no real run by the Jazz where you thought, hey, they might get back in this. Not, not really. The league 
NBA is a league of runs, except for last night when the Lakers won 121-96. And as bad as that was, that's really five out of seven now that they've lost, five out of seven when they've given up 120 points or more. Something's wrong. What is wrong? You're all watching the game, so you've got your opinions, your takes too. And it's not just one thing. Multiple people can be right here with their, uh, with their takes. We're getting a ton of feedback. PK, should I just throw these out there and then we can uh, put them up or shoot them down? Yeah, what do you got? Uh, Hunter says, George Niang has been extremely refreshing as of late. He shows effort, which has been a major problem for the Jazz bench. Take note. Effort. Yeah, I thought effort was a big problem in the Laker game. It just seemed like they just didn't get out of second gear. They they seemed like the slower team. Larry the Laker was tweeting all night. Thought the Jazz looked remarkably unathletic. Hard to argue. Yeah, in other games, I think they've looked athletic, but uh, yeah, when effort's an issue, you're not going to look athletic. Yeah. Hunter uh, also says, notice Coach Q doesn't trust having all the starters off the court. He's trying to stagger the starting five. It's painful to watch the bench getting picked apart. I think that's common, though, in the league, that uh, you just have to, you try to have some starters on the floor with the bench guys. It's not a five-versus-five thing there. I don't like you. Tweets in, we were all wrong. We bought into the hype. The 10 new players have not gelled yet, and there's no hope in sight. Close it up and hope for better next year. Wow. I know, that's a little over the top, isn't it? (laughs) I'd actually be really, really, I I think a lot of people would be really disappointed if they closed it up for next year. There's 60 games to go. The teams that went to the finals had two-week runs where they looked bad. You got to figure it out. Ten new players gelling. Yeah, has that been a problem at times? Hard to argue that. That part of the take has got truth to it. Uh, Robin tweets at us, It's the same thing that'll hit the Utes. Lack of real discipline. Big fish, small market. Too much good guy hype. Not enough reality and practice. I blame pollution. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Seems a little all over there. The inversion impacted the jazz breathing, but not the Laker breathing. We can go with that. Uh, a couple of things on there is that the the jazz guys, is by definition, are already pros. <laughs> uh, the Utes have so many pros on this football team that, and where do you come up with lack of discipline? There, that's very rare. There was a few last year where they had some, or was it a, was it a couple years ago when the the Utes kept jumping off sides and Kyle went after Harding, uh, and then they showed that thing. It's, it was made its round on Twitter where Kyle was upset about the offensive lineman continuing to jump. But historically, they are very much disciplined, which was interesting in the SC loss. They did have 16 penalties, which, you know, you blame some of them on the refs, but you can't blame all 16. They have been very disciplined, and when they do have those amount of penalties, that really jumps out at you because that's not who they are. I was about to say, penalties were an issue early in the season. I think they were an issue in some of the non-league games. There was some sloppy stuff there, and certainly we all remember SC. That was a huge number. Uh, but it's gotten better, and the average for the season has come down. And it can only come down so low because you know, you're only playing 12 games. Uh, but they've been much better lately taking the penalties, taking fewer of them. Uh, Greg says, I think the marginal offensive, game of Con- marginal offensive gain of Conley and Bogdanovich doesn't outweigh the loss of toughness and defensive presence of Favors and Crowder. Well, it's hard to argue that over the last seven games, but they were number one or number two in the league in defense those first 15 games. You know, you can say whatever you want about the athleticism, but if you're number one or two in the league in defense for 15 games, then you can do it. 
And maybe it was a soft spot in the schedule and it's harder when it's tougher and, you know, maybe you have an injury too, all that stuff. But still, at the core, you, you've got some guys who can do it or you wouldn't be one or two. We're not talking about you were eighth in the league after 15 games. You were one or two. This group can defend. They just haven't. A couple things there that I'd like to say is that with Crowder and Favors, you knew you were going out in the second round and it wasn't going to be competitive. And depending on the matchup, you may go out in the first round where it's not competitive. So what did you want? You want the same thing? You want to bang your head against the wall and expect a different result? You're probably not going to get that, right? And to me, one of the things that uh, I have a problem with right now, and and we saw it evident on a couple of possessions against the Lakers, was repeatedly giving up offensive rebounds. I mean, it's just driving me nuts because I think there's basketball gods out there, whatever you want to call it. And the fact is, if you're going to give a team two, three, four chances, they're going to score about probably 85% of the time, especially if you give up give up more than one offensive rebound. And that that's become a problem, and they've got to figure out ways to combat that. And I know... Obviously, without favors there, you're going to be smaller, and Bogdanovich is more scoring-oriented than he is rebounding-oriented and those types of things. But that's something that they're going to have to overcome. But I would also say, too, that would Conley, it's hard to defend him right now. I still think he's going to get out of it and be fine. Uh, Bogdanovich, they're not marginally better offensively. Bogdanovich adds a lot that they haven't had literally ever since the league went to so much focus on the three. Ian tweets at us at David DJ James. You can tweet, uh, go to Facebook, DJ and PK. You can uh, call Yawk right now, 855-340-ZONE. Ian says, it looks like a lack of urgency on both ends of the court. Also, someone stole Joe Ingles' basketball soul. I don't know about basketball souls. I thought that was funny, actually. Uh, Lack of urgency, huge problem. I mean, that is, there are other problems, but that is a major problem. Well, the thing that I like listening to Donovan Mitchell is that he put it on himself. He put it on the team, the guys, the players, because the coach can only do so much. And ultimately, uh, the coach has to prepare his guys the best he can, and then it's up to the players. And it's really, you can say that at just about any level. And listening to Donovan talk about that is that it's on us. And so, hey, most teams, yeah. A lot of teams find some adversity during the course of a season. They're clearly finding it now. And if you're going to have it, you'd rather have it now than in March, obviously. So let's see what they can do. You know, let's And put the coaching staff in there, too, because they take direct responsibility. I mean, you win and lose as an organization. Everybody involved from the top to the bottom. You, take, you need everybody go doing whatever job they're assigned to do and do it to the best of their ability. And then obviously it comes down to the players out on the floor. So now, all right, they've had some struggles. It's undeniable. Let's see what they can do about it. You know, the Jerry Sloan thing, for me, when I come to basketball in this community, the, the, the words, the voice of Jerry Sloan and Rick Majerus just ring in my ears over and over and over again because following them, particularly Majerus, taught me more basketball than I ever thought I could have learned in my life. And Jerry, you know, let's see what we're made of now, those types of things. And this is what is presented right now. And so in that way, we're still, what, in the first week of December? So let's not just abandon ship completely, but let's see what you got now going forward here because you got to get it going. Take note, tweets at us. They're supposed to put that orange globe thing through that orange ring thing, and they can't. Horny needs to give some lessons on the floater. It seems to be their least efficient shot, and they take so many. 
They've also lost their ability to defend. Yeah, I don't think they've lost their ability to defend. This is where I think everyone is talking about effort and focus. That's why they're not defending. I think they've got the ability to defend. They haven't displayed it in the last seven games for very long stretches, but they still got it. And then as far as the floater, uh, it does seem like they go to that right away. It's not That's not something they break out late in the shot clock because they can't get a better shot. Uh, it does seem like we're seeing a lot of that earlier. I think that is a reflection of where the game has gone now to where you either want the three or you want the rim. And I'm yep. throwing the free throw there, but – exclude the free throw here for a second so as you're going to the rim and you find that the pathway becomes more crowded then it's this is just my observation i could be way off on this but this is the way i see it is that they're going to the rim and that it leads to more floaters than we've ever seen before Mm -hmm. and so with that in mind that becomes a more prominent shot as the three because the the objective is the three or the rim, right? So you end up with a thro- the floater. Although, correct me if I'm wrong, I do not remember Jeff shooting a lot of floaters, do you? Uh, he could shoot it. He didn't shoot a lot of them. He I could just shoot think, anything. I think he is just viewed as uh, the all-time jazz shot shooting doctor. shot doctor. Right. So, you know, when, it, when there's any problem, layups, floaters, 17-footers, corner threes, top of the, you know, straightaway threes, whatever, call Jeff. Well, I call him on, like, if I've got a flat tire. I mean, sure. any problem. He doesn't answer. Whatever it is, call Jeff. You know, I got one call. I'm, I'm not calling the other guy. I'm calling Jeff. Jeremy tweets at us, they're too small. Okay, I think there are a lot of other issues, but I am curious about this one, if that is ultimately going to be a problem, because I think there are times that that has been a problem. Uh, I mean, they got plenty of other stuff to fix, and they can make themselves better. But, you know, ultimately we get to the playoffs, and they run up against a really good team. I have wondered if that's going to end up being a problem. Well, they could solve that if that was that big of an issue, though. I mean, you could start Joe. for makes him bigger. He's pretty big. They have bigger lineups, and they have smaller lineups. You're right. But the smaller lineups are going to have to play a big chunk of the game and it's not well, just it's not just the small backcourt and it's okay. not just the height um you know davis i thought you know he, and he was out injured in the in the middle of this and so it's been really hard to gauge you know who is this guy how does he fit what can he do and then you know ultimately well what else can he do and all that but there are times he's in there trying to protect the rim and i just see a bigger more athletic guy go over him and i'm thinking he's big but is he big enough is he long enough you know, he tried to finish in traffic. Well, he wasn't, it wasn't that he was not trying. He just wasn't big enough and athletic enough to leap over the two guys who were around him during the Laker game and finish. And he had a layup kind of roll off the rim. And so it's not just the small backcourt, although it is. Uh, sometimes in other possession, positions, I wonder the same thing. Okay. Yeah, I understand that. But that is the complications of a salary cap. Bingo. Uh, you know, you're paying... Gobert and right now uh, Conley, uh, they're the two highest played pay, played if you th- paid players, right? They're the top two, and if you throw in Bogdanovich and Ingles, that's four guys getting eighty five million bucks. That's a lot of cash. So you basically have to pick up where you can yep. to fill out the rest. So you just have to hope your top level guys can overcome the lack of what you have down the line. And you look at the Lakers where their top level guys right now are top level guys in the league, right? And Anthony Davis and LeBron. To me, LeBron, uh, go back uh, to what year, whatever year you want. I see no difference in the man's game. I mean, I know he's getting older, but the only thing that's 
getting different about him is his age. But to me, his game is still stunning. It's whatever adjective you want to put out there, man. This guy's just incredible. So they're able to have this record at 18-3 and right now. And the Jazz, you know, their guys are not that level, but they're paying them at a level that you've got to basically patchwork or piecemeal the stuff at the end there. So, yeah, there's going to be issues. And don't cheat them. They're 19-3 and three now. 19 and 3 now? Yeah, that was 19 last night. They were poly- nine. Well, see, yeah, but see, I'm a true jazz fan, though, Dave. So you don't I completely and totally just wiped that from my memory. Last night did not happen. Probably a good move. <laughs> Jared says it's simple no bench, no defense. Last night, it seemed like no one wanted to stick with their guy or get him in close, and maybe they ought to practice some layups in practice, too. Well, this is where Quinn Snyder's going to earn his money because it's the roll up the sleeves time and see what you got and see what you can do to get better and how you're going to do it. And obviously, if you've been around Quinn Snyder for 10 minutes, you know that that dude is going to do everything he possibly can to get his team ready to go. And so uh, let's see let's see what they got. You know, they got a couple days off. They got Memphis at home. Memphis isn't a great team. And Morant has got uh, it's, a, it's leg issues, right? They listed him as week to week. I think it happened with the Jazz when they played them. And then they list him as not day to day, but week, week to, to week. week. So you should be able to pick up this win here on Saturday, and and let let's see what you can do. Uh, we're not we're not in February yet. We're not in March, so I still have anticipation of good things. Scott says we're all ignoring the elephant in the room. Our best what? and more importantly, most efficient offensive players are starting small forward, not the shooting guard. He needs to be taking the most shots every night. Talking about, there's got to be a bigger role for Bogdanovich. As much as he's, get, he's got a bigger role than he had when the season started, he needs an even bigger role than that. He is at the point where he's now taking more threes uh, than Donovan does. Um, but, you know, give him an even bigger role. I mean, the guy's shooting 46% from three, and he's shooting seven a game. That is a pretty big role. That is... It's hard to argue. Well, when he's open and his feet are set, you're thinking it's going down. He comes out last night, and the first two baskets for the Jazz were exactly that. And you're thinking, okay, man, this this guy's just great. There's no other way around it. I think that's one of the things, though, that is hard to just identify and have it happen after 22 games. I think that's something that you know you've got to have some level of evidence there. And I've got no problem with him taking more of a role because he's a prolific offensive player. All of us, certainly I have, I think you too, have been very impressed with him since he's been here. But as far as he's going to initiate the offense and the offense is going to go through him and all that stuff, I think that's a developing thing that I don't think you have down pat and cold after 22 games. You know, well, let's see where we're at. And then even next year too, for that matter. In, in this regard, this year is somewhat of an experimental season. Now, nobody wants to hear that, but when you put all these new guys together, see how it works a little bit here. I mean, when you, when you look at the Lakers, it's basically, you know, LeBron is going to be the guy. And so then you incorporate a highly skilled player like Davis, who's living up to his rep, as he always seems to do. And then everybody else knows, all right, you just fill in around them, right? And so you got Caruso, who can come off the bench and do his thing, and whoever it might be, and McGee augmenting the starting lineup. And so they already know the roles for the Jazz. It's more of a lab situation. And I think that that will come. It's just not here to that level that we'd all want after 22 games. 
Bogdanovich is taking 15 shots tonight now. Conley's taking 12. And Mitchell is at 20. Those are the three guys in double figures. For everybody who says, Joe needs to shoot more. Uh, he's at 7 and Gobert's at 8. So... That's how the shots are being distributed now. But, hey, more Bogdanovich, the way he's playing, that's uh, the way he's shooting it. I'm good with that. And he is, uh, he is crushing it here in the opening quarter of the season. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We've got a lot more reaction. Coming in from Jazz fans, we will get to that next. Craig Bowlerjack here at 8 o'clock and Kyle Whittingham at 8.30. Stay with us. DJ and PK on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. A reminder, suit up in style with Mr. Mack and Lemma Harrington. Enter now on 1280thezone.com to win a pair of Cole Haan shoes from Mr. Mack and an outfitting shopping experience with Alema during the remote on December 11th. Alema will personally pick you out an outfit. Compliments of Mr. Mack. All right, PK, we got a lot of jazz fans weighing in. What is wrong with the team? What needs to be fixed? There are a thousand theories out there. Juro says the Jazz improved their roster over the summer, but other teams improved more. The Lakers. I don't believe the Jazz would fire a coach, but they got to make some meaningful trade that involve Exum and some other less useful players. Shaking up the roster is the answer. Exum's barely played, and he's sitting on a $10 million contract, and until he plays well, I have a hard time believing someone's going to want that contract. In another, uh, what, next summer when it's down to the final year, then maybe you can make some kind of money deal. But it seems like it's a long way out to be doing that now. Greg says it's time to start looking. Trade Conley and someone else and go after CP3. Even if it's just for the season, it's a great move. I miss seeing a pick-and-roll game. Ingles to Faves is being missed this season. Chris Paul's the answer? Pretty sure that's not the answer. Jazz can try something, but they need to try something else. Nicholas says, the Jazz need to start doing trust falls at practice. Hey, DJ and PK, how are your listeners liking those DJ and PK shirts? Uh, They're loving them, Nicholas. Thanks for the DJ and PK shirts. Yak is actually wearing his right now. If you didn't know, Nicholas stopped by at the remote. Uh, when we were up in uh, Woods Cross and uh, dropped off a bunch of shirts. It looks like an ACDC shirt. It's got uh, DJ and PK. It's got the, uh, the Thunderbolt. It's sweet. As far as the trust falls, you're probably onto something, Nicholas, because uh, as far as chemistry, it looked like there was zero chemistry out there. So trust falls. Why not? One teammate stands behind, you know, the guy in front just starts to fall backwards, trusting that his teammate will catch him. What do you got to lose? Why not? 
Uh, Jason, this is funny. Jazz lost because of LBJ's blatant travel. It's time to appeal this <laughs> loss to the league. I, see I saw that, that online, yeah, too. Yeah, a lot of people are going for that, and that was funny. Aaron says, you know, on paper, the roster looks fantastic. They got a great coach, so I'm told. So then you watch them live and look terrible. Not clicking, no chemistry, just trash. And you got three thumbs up for that. I can't really argue with that. The roster does look better than the results. You watch them live, and they don't look like they're clicking. They don't look like they have chemistry. And maybe that's because they brought in 10 new guys, and it's too early, blah, blah, blah. The only problem with that is... It didn't. It was a little. Maybe it was a little awkward at times early in the season, but the results were there. And so, why now, after you play 15 games together, you think you'd start to get a little better, not a lot worse? And these last seven games have been noticeably worse than the 15 that came before them. That's. It's not even. Can't argue debatable. that. Not, not even debatable. Chase, toxic contracts. I hate to bring Exum into this, but we pay him twice what Lou Williams gets paid, who's a proven sixth man in score. That's not quite true. Uh, I, Lou Williams is a deal, but he's making $8 million a year. So it's not double. Yeah, man, that uh, I, I haven't even looked that up, but that would just be shocking to me. Yeah. That would be double. And, and he's a screaming deal at $8 million. I mean, the production they got out of, out of him I would is agree awesome. with that. It's awesome. All right, DJ and PK, we've got to take a break. We'll come back. Craig Bullerjack, we'll talk with him about the Jazz, get his take on what needs to change. That's next. And Joe Ingles, to be determined, 9 o'clock hour-ish, we're expecting. Kyle Whittingham coming up at 8.30. Stay with us on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.